you know and what that's I like why to, and, french fries and are delicious french fries are delicious <laughs> and i hope we enjoy eating ribs later today waymond oh my god <laughs> oh you're gonna get some ribs Oh, I yeah. just remembered we're getting ribs. We're getting ribs. You haven't responded. We're going to watch uh, all the fast. And- Ian, what we've been doing is Waymond, myself, and my boyfriend and another colleague of ours have been watching the Fast and the Furious movies because we're trying to catch up for Fast 9, even though it came out today, but yeah. a little, little behind, but we're working on it. And we're going to watch Fast 4 and 5 today. Amazing. Where do you get your ribs from? From Handy Market in uh, oh, Burbank. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Handy, oh, market, yeah. Handy Market Ribs listeners, you gotta go to Handy Market Ribs if you are Look, ever, if you're in Burbank, if you if you live matter in Matter of fact, if you're in California, matter of yeah. fact, if you don't live in California, make a special listen. trip. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Drive all the way over here for Handy Market Ribs every Saturday from like what, 10 a.m. to 6, I think? Ooh, I didn't know it went that late. I'm so used to going early. <laughs> yeah. The ribs are always juicy and delicious. Sides are, their sides are okay, but the ribs. You're there for the 10 ribs. 10 out of 10. Yeah. You're there for the ribs, you guys. <laughs> but wait a minute. I said a name that isn't Waymond. What? Who? Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there is someone here with us. Oh, this is exciting. Oh, uh, <laughs> mysterious voice, please. Tell our listeners who you are and what you do in animation. Hey, listeners. Uh, my name is Ian Jones Cordy. I am a showrunner, animator, cartoonist, uh, voice actor. Um, yeah, and I work in animation for uh, actually, I don't know how many years it's been. It's been a long time 84 uh, years, a thousand than two it's years. A long, it's been a lot, but yeah, I'm a, uh, I, uh, been a supervisor director creator etc etc on lots of shows adventure time steven universe and then i made my own show okay ko let's be heroes i've never heard of any of those so those are those are the shows so yeah so thanks for having me on yeah i'm I'm black also (laughs) you're black a second (laughs) we need to go back to that why are you black (laughs) why are you black (laughs) i wish i knew why are you black oh you know what that is a real deep question it's just what happened (laughs) women i didn't know that we had black people on the planet (laughs) you know what I feel like we should start doing that, you yeah, know, just like talking black to black people <laughs> <laughs> just about their experiences, you know? Yeah. For the, for the listeners, just in case they, <laughs> they didn't know, they might not know. I don't know. I don't know why they're listening to it, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, if you're, if you're listening to the black and animated podcast and you're like, is this person black? What are you doing? Come on. Yeah. Come I mean, on. you know what? what I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. And like, maybe this is like listeners first episode. They're like, what is this black and animate? <laughs> like, what is this? Hmm. Is it, about it must black be about cartoons? black and white an- animation, I guess. Let me yeah, put this on. <laughs> it won't be about the race and animation. But now welcome to the podcast, Ian. That is a uh, we uh, are both admirers of your work. Uh, 
my, my boyfriend and I are actually going through OKKO right now. We watch stuff on a bit of a delay, but uh, we are enjoying it very, very much. Thanks. I mean, there is no delay anymore because it's all, everything is streaming. People get to stuff when they get to stuff. You know, there's no more appointment television. You just watch things when you can fit it in. I'm the same way. I'm like, I'll catch on shows like years after and be like, anybody watch this? This is good. No, no. Yeah, you're right. Like, like, yeah. Okay. KO and Tangled the series are the two things that I'm kind of watching that I'm like, oh yeah, people were watching this a while ago. I'm really, and I'm just getting to it now, but they're very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for saying so. Yeah, of course, of course. And today is our wonderful uh, Women and I do BW or WB episodes. Mm-hmm. Still, it, we're, what, it's been 49, 50 episodes and we're still like, is it BW? Is it WB? I don't know. Names, <laughs> but it's our casual episodes where we just kind of talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. <laughs> whatever the heck we want to. From Basically. a black perspective. <laughs> And Wayman, today, what's the subject? Today, uh, we are talking about what's keeping you animated. Things that are uh, keeping us going in this industry. Because, I mean, working in animation can be, like, super tough. And sometimes you just feel like, I mean, why am I doing this to myself? I just want to go to sleep. So. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to go to sleep. That's a mood. (laughs) What are the things that are inspiring you or influencing you and, like, just keeping you moving forward um and uh yeah uh, that's what we want to talk about today yeah and and i think it's and i think it's important to like talk about that because you know um we as uh, folks in this animation industry like the the three of us on call right now or on call on this podcast right now you know we're in different parts of the pipeline like ian you're in the ep show running part of the pipeline which is like a little bit a top and then wayman you're a storyboarder and i'm a production coordinator but like we're all part of you know that machine that makes the makes the product but sometimes we we want to like you know have our own we want to like have our own personal creations or just draw influences from things and it's just important to think about like what keeps us motivated to keep doing this especially as black people too like this industry is it's getting better but sometimes it's rough out here, you know, being a black creator in animation and just in general, that's what we want to talk about today and just what keeps us going. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, so, oh, go ahead, Wayne. Oh, yeah. I was just going to uh, start off the conversation with like maybe some like easing in, you know, something like simple to think about, you know, uh, like uh ooh, actually it's <laughs> a really hard question um like i guess movies uh what are our favorite movies or movies that we're taking in um and maybe like a top three i guess to make it easier because i lit- as soon as i thought i was like actually favorites are like the hardest questions to yeah, ever like, answer I, aren't I, listicles I, hard too like ranking yeah. things yeah <laughs> I like never list things. I'm so bad at uh, keeping track of the things that I think are like the best, you know? Well, there's what so, are, uh, yeah, there's, there's just so, so many, many. things. Yeah. And yeah. good in like different ways. But yeah. 
Yeah. So maybe like, what are the type of uh, stories that you like to take in and absorb? Like whether it's like uh, movies, games, or podcasts, and like what are, what are you like absorbing right now? To I guess make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I don't know. So much stuff. I uh, just trying to think of like random things. I was just rereading uh, the Rumiko Takahashi classic Maison Ikoku. Uh, oh man, Maison Ikoku is good. Maison yeah, Ikoku, I've never heard of this. They made a new. Um, they they printed a new version of it, and I uh, just picked it up a little while back, and I finally got around to it. I have, you know, I have a problem. I'll just buy any book. And now, my- <laughs> <laughs> now oh, do you have like a huge library? <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's pretty intense. I have to like stop myself from buying books a lot of times. Um, but yeah, I was reading. You know, I just like picking up manga that you know I haven't got to yet. Um, what else? Uh, actually, in the, in that same realm, like watching anime, also that you know, like revisiting stuff. Like mm. I recently, um, I at least recently revisited all of uh, Future Boy Conan, uh, which was a really like formative series for me uh, when it came Ooh. to like coming up with, uh, you know, just basically everything I liked, ever, uh, like, you know, it was very formative to me. So going back to that was like really inspiring, gave me a lot of like ideas for, you know, what I'm working on. And uh, yeah, I don't know. But I also just like, you know, just choosing a movie that like I've never seen. Like, like last night I watched, um, I watched the Pelican brief. Oh yeah. It's a Denzel Washington joy, right? Yeah. A nineties Denzel Washington movie that has always just, it's been around. I've just never watched it. I just was (laughs) like, Oh, you know, I should finally just get around to watching this. Um, and it was great. It was just fun. It was like a nice, like political thriller, you know, I don't know. I just love, you know, taking in as many things as I can. Man, I think, I think that's, um, those are like really, those are all like really cool choices. And I kind of, when <laughs> you said the Pelican Brief and that it was a Denzel Washington movie, it kind of reminded me of all of the Denzel movies that I consumed as a child, but probably ha- didn't comprehend because <laughs> <Right. laughs> my um my granny and my mom are like oh Denzel's so attractive and we're just gonna watch whatever he's in <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but now it's like what were those about again and so, <laughs> so it's just making me think like i should probably go back and watch some of the denzel movies that mm-hmm. he was in. Like, i recently watched flight that's a movie, right? <laughs> Flight. Sorry, I was just like, wait, what's the name of the movie? Where he's a, he's a he's, pilot? Yeah, yeah, he's a pilot. Yeah, right. Flight. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's playing this um this alcoholic pilot who uh, saves a plane full of people uh, from a, I mean, plane crash. Well, the plane still crashes, but he he's basically drunk while trying to make sure the entire crew and uh, manifest of the plane don't just die <laughs> i didn't um, know he was drunk in that because the trailers didn't make it seem like he was drunk the trailers oh, made yeah. it I seem mean, like the whole he movie was, like, <laughs> and just cool out the bat oh really wow <laughs> yeah i guess too there was like a interesting thing about like um i mean back then of uh trying not to portray uh denzel I guess not specifically Denzel, but like because in his movies, he can be a a flawed character. Usually there was a lot of like 
uh pushback with like oh you're you're just you're adding to this like uh stigma of black people uh being like bad people like i remember with uh training day that was like specifically the thing right, right, right. <laughs> so i can kind of see like why they do that with the trailer <laughs> though it seems like a lot of his roles like you know are like really interesting like at least pelican brief was really interesting because it seemed like a role where he was just inhabiting a character and it wasn't really making a statement on him being a black man as his character like they threw in like one or two throwaway lines so that you understood that the other characters understood he was black but like <laughs> uh he was just inhabiting this character and like you know his blackness was a part of it but it never really i will say like there the one thing about it is like you know being a black man in a film i think like the way they portrayed his relationship with like a white woman co-lead they made it very like non-sexual in a way that mm. i don't think they would do uh, mm -hmm. with a white uh you know lead male lead you know right and so that was interesting to see because it's like it's a different time you know i think now i don't think people would bat an eye of being like oh this can be like a romantic you know uh thing but then it was like nah that's not gonna that's never yeah, gonna yeah. This, this, that movie came out in 93 93 i think yeah oh wow yeah. so snap yeah. i just popped out of the womb <laughs> <laughs> i was a year old one year yeah. old baby women how Where old were, you were we in 93 93 uh i'm so bad at math i was <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> so, well I if there's was... a train leaving <laughs> I think, oh you know what i was i was eight i turned i i think i turned nine maybe eight or nine ah. in that year yeah mm -hmm. so yeah so, you know, so that I'm means you are math. a true 90s baby oh yeah i mean i like... was born in 84 so um uh i grew up very much in the 90s uh 90 kid just 90 kid stuff 90s kid stuff you know doing the 90s kid thing for better you know just 90s. 90s kid stuff yeah. you, know. <laughs> you know except that's except that's not really true things were things were really you know uh things weren't great in the 90s it's just that everybody felt like they were great and they told you everything was great uh, <laughs> you know but they really weren't you know what i mean yeah mm -hmm. i mean i feel like that's the thing about the past i feel like people always uh over uh grandize is that the word for it they just they put a lot on like oh man the 70s were the time and it's just like <laughs> i mean were they <laughs> like you know like this there's always some real messed up stuff going on like i'm sure kids now too will be like what the 2020s were awesome they probably won't sound like that but they'll and it'll be like actually there were a lot of a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of stuff going on right now and i think it depends too on like you know whatever ethnic ethnicity you are or whatever race you are that is uh being portrayed in media in in a, in a specific time period like that was the f interesting thing that I found with Stranger Things when I was watching it because it's the 80s and like I'm not looking for black suffering like I don't I'm, I'm not going out of my way to find that I don't want to look for that um, but I just thought it was interesting to portray um, you know like this black kid with like you know his, his group of white friends and there wasn't really anything else going on because I guess 
like Stranger Things kind of um, yeah was just very much like this is all the fun nostalgic stuff. We're not really <laughs> yeah. going to talk about anything else, even I, though. Uh, <laughs> I saw I saw like an incredible meme about that, which was like you know the eighties on Netflix, and it was like a girl with a top knot and bright fluorescent clothes like dancing around and then it's like the 80s in real life and it's just like a mcdonald's ashtray <laughs> like, that's what it was like like you just go in places and people are smoking it's nasty. <laughs> people are saying like anti-queer slurs like all, all you know it's like i don't know it wasn't like this like you know fun cool party time <laughs> <laughs> At least from what I remember. Look, I was a kid, but you know, <laughs> uh, I don't want to go back there. That's fine. Well, see, see, going back is yeah. an interesting thing because it's like, yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever had this um, mm -hmm. in like workspaces or whatnot, or just been proposed a question like with groups of friends being like, man, if you could time travel, would where would what what time period would you go to? And two minutes before you asked me this question <laughs> <laughs> and and it's kind of like you know for us as black folks it's a little bit tricky to answer that question because it's like cool oh, aesthetically, yeah. aesthetically like i would love to go back to the 50s and 60s aesthetically for the aesthetic because sure. i love the clothing mm -hmm. but realistically hell no i don't want to go back yeah i think our best i think our best uh our best chance of survival is to go to the future. Things might get worse, but at least it's not the past. That's what yeah, I mean. at least it's not the past. Yeah. Um, Truly, yeah. Yeah, I always say future because I'm like, look, like it's a gamble. It could be anything. But yeah. you know what? It, I already know what happened back there. pretty. I would rather roll the dice than like go back <laughs> to a place where I for sure will be oppressed. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not looking to be, I'm not trying to put myself into no, oppression. No. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so I, will, I will definitely kick myself if I get back there and I'm like, exactly. <laughs> dang it. Oh man, I was gonna segue from another top what we had said before, but then we just started going on with this, and this was just too good to pass up. But my segue is very poor right now, but I'm just gonna go into it. Hop um, on it. <laughs> well, just sort of like talking about anime in general, because like yeah. anime is it's a super big influence, you know, that we've been seeing a lot of like shows be I was gonna say be it live action or cartoons, but I guess more so in animation these days, but mm -hmm. I don't know. There's some directors that are like, Oh yeah, I love perfect blue. <laughs> um, right. And, and just, it's interesting that like anime is very much part of, it's a very big part of the black community, whether, whether or not people like to admit it. Cause like I got made fun of for watching anime saying that it was like white kid stuff or baby stuff mm. or just like, you know, that's not black. Why are you watching yeah. that? And I'm like, I don't know though. My dad's over here talking about how he loves Pokemon and my dad's like, yeah, I watch Ninja Scroll. <laughs> um, so I'm just kind of wondering like what anime inspirations have, you know, for you, for you too, way like what you, you mentioned, Future Boy Conan, but are, is there any other like big anime stuff that's influenced your work or influencing future things? For me, like, you know, the truth is, like, I was, I was first, you know, I knew of things, of cartoons that were Japanese, like, as a kid. I didn't know as anime as like a different thing, you know, and growing up in the 80s, of course, 
there was cartoons on TV that were obviously Japanese, you know, or like things that were brought over, like even on like Nick Jr. There were like shows that were clearly anime, you know, but we didn't call them anime at that time. One of like my favorite movies as a kid was this uh, 70s Jack and the Beanstalk cartoon, which was anime for sure. But I didn't think of it as anime. Um, I just thought it was a cartoon. I don't know. It it just looked like limited animation to me, you know, which I was used to because, you know, I used to watch Hannah Rivera cartoons and, you know, everything else. So, like, I didn't really see it as anything different. I, however, the person who introduced me to the concept that anime was like a different and special thing uh, was uh, my cousin, uh, an older cousin of mine. His name was Ofosu. And he, um, you know, he was the first person to like bring out, like he would have like fan subs. He would have like tapes. Mm. Of he had like Dragon. He had Dragon Ball Z uh, before Dragon Ball came out uh, in in America. You know, so he was showing me Dragon Ball Z fan subs, and these were like the old school fan subs, right? They put like curses in there and stuff, you know. And he would like tell us about. You know, we we would watch anime like all the time because he used to draw too. And, you know, uh, like, for instance, like, yeah, you mentioned Ninja Scroll. Like, he showed me that. Like, <laughs> basically, when uh, Sci-Fi Channel was first showing anime, we were like all on top of it. But he was the one who really introduced me to uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball. And, like, I think the thing is, you know, what you're saying I think for a lot of black boys and I was one of them. And so was he like Goku was black. Yeah. Like, you know, I, like, I don't know how to explain it, but he was, <laughs> you know, and it's like, and there was something, I don't know for us, you know, when we were first generation. We were like the kids of immigrants. We really Goku's story was like our story to us. Cause he was like this, he was this kid he had this history that he didn't understand. He was in a new place and he was different. He was the only one like him, you know, and to us, you know, it was just like we identified with this character, you know, and I know that I know that I'm not the only one that there's like a lot of kids who grew up at the same time, you know, who were like black kids getting into anime and they felt like, oh, you know, this character is just like me, you know, mm. and it's like, and I guess, you know, Piccolo is also black, too. But, you know, <laughs> I think. Yes, like, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you line them all up, you're like, OK, I guess I'm that one. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, I was like, I was going to say Piccolo is definitely black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he's know. coming to the cookout for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but, you know, that was he, that was like my big inspiration to anime as like a different thing. Then, like, you know, I just started to just like you know get into everything i grew up in uh maryland and i lived uh maybe like 30 minutes from Baltimore. and uh when i was young they had this convention otakon it was in virginia the first time i go but they moved it to they moved it to baltimore and uh i would go down there like every year since i was like in middle school um and middle school and early high school and like, you know, just buy like everything. Like I was discovering Ava and Utena and, you know, all these different, you know, all this different anime that, you, Ian, know, you like Utena? Oh, snap. Oh yeah. 
Absolutely. What? I never watched. I didn't watch the whole thing through until um, until I was a little older because I think it flew over my head. When I was yeah, like, "Oops, mm, it's a lot." <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. It flew over my head, but I I mean I I love that series a lot, and you know I loved I the thing is when I was younger, like when I was when I was like in elementary school, like you know I I used to like uh obsessively go to like the tv guide every week and go through it and highlight all of the animated shows so i knew when like all the cartoons were on and like when the first little bits of anime started like peeking through like when they were playing uh sailor moon and the early dragon ball like Mm. in syndication like i was there like day one for those things and i knew about sailor moon just from you know, hearing about it from my cousin and fan subs and stuff. So I was like really excited when I first got to see it. Um, that was, that was something me and my friends were watching like so much of, but yeah. Um, it is, it is hugely inspiring on my, on, on, on everything, but you know, I liked all animations. So right. It was just one other thing to like get excited about. That's Oh, sorry. No, I, I was just going to say really quick that it's just super cool that like, uh it feels like um a lot of the sort of like showrunners and show creators and people that pitching ideas that are like doing stuff right now and that have pitched work and like are creating things like with, alongside you as well ian like it's just super cool to see like that um sort of like anime influence and whatnot come out in the work that's like you know being put on the screen just seeing more um variety because like you know like the people that we grew up watching you know they had their influences but now it's cool to see like stuff that we ourselves kind of personally get being put out on screen like like i don't know i'm trying to think of like a random thing like i i remember i remember freaking out on steven universe when i saw like the utsuna stuff and i was like is that i was like hold on a minute (laughs) i think i think also the thing and you know y'all probably have this experience too and i think a lot of people working in animation feel like this also um, I was trying to explain this to um, an older guy once, um, but I didn't grow up feeling like anime was different than the cartoons that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just, they were just other cartoons that I liked. That was exactly. just, yeah. Yeah. I liked all animation. I tried to watch everything that was animated that I could get my hands on, you know, and I just liked all of it. And to me, I don't consider anime to be different than cartoons um i was you know and and actually like to be honest like as a person working in the industry the people who are making anime now like japanese cartoonists who are working in this industry like they're not in a different industry like they are our peers you know like like and so like you know a lot of the stuff i just always felt like I guess I never felt like anime influence was anything different. I mean, I'm influenced by so much animation, so many different kinds and anime and Japanese cartoons. That's just one of those kinds. And even like, you know, when you go back to the cartoons that were, well, the cartoons that were coming on, like when I was a kid, it's like, when you look at Dexter and Powerpuff Girls, those are so anime inspired you know it, those were like the fusion of Hanna-Barbera and anime those were like you know and those were like 
my favorite cartoons growing up and watching those i was just like oh yeah i see how this is anime you know like mm-hmm. i'm watching swat cats and i'm like this is exactly the same as you know the japanese cartoons and i and i could tell the artists who are working on this they love they also love japanese cartoons as well mm-hmm. it's like you can't watch like great mouse detective without realizing like everybody working on this is simping for castle cagliostro like right <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it's like so in your, so in your face you know mm-hmm. and then it just like then it you realize oh it's really not that special to be influenced by anime because we're influenced by all the stuff that we love all the cartoons we love and mm-hmm. you know i don't think there should be a uh like a separation yeah separation i don't think so I feel, I definitely feel like um I mean I guess originally uh, back in the day when uh the US was getting more anime uh anime as that term was like more of okay Japanese cartoons like Japanese animation but I feel like nowadays it's more of a just style like style of storytelling or way of storytelling because there's uh just it feels like there's a wider genre of storytelling that you can do with animation um and or not anime with anime specifically like Um, how we classify it over here you mean yeah exactly how we classify Mm. it over here a bit like because it's it's like because i mean and i i relate uh to what you're saying too ian like um just not distinguishing like oh this is anime and this is uh western cartoons like as a kid like i don't think i knew what anime really was until maybe i was 13 or 14 Same. <laughs> when i was like oh there's 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 more from this specific <laughs> country in this style of storytelling like right, right, ooh, right. let yeah. me search for this um i think so, when i read fruits basket totally. that was the first time i was like oh this is from japan <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just learning what manga is and manhwa right. <laughs> and 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 all of that and yeah like i i feel like um yeah of course like uh all of it is just anime it's all under animation and um yeah i i feel like just yeah, I mean, the difference that's there is is like about the markets for it right and the yeah for it and like how it's advertised and stuff but the actual totally. like the actual art form like it's the same art form you know mm-hmm. it's like that's it's all using you know it's all using the same magic trick that you know windsor mckay was using you know mm-hmm. it's like you know it's in our it's in our blood and as soon as we do it like you know we're doing exactly what they did and they're our peers it's not it's not something different you know i was i i was in i won't say uh what magazine it was but there was like an article that someone was writing about anime and how different it was from you know uh cartoons and you know Uh I, i tried my hardest i got a interviewed for it and i tried my hardest to say you know don't exoticize uh the people who are working on this art form because they're doing the same work we're doing and at the end of the day um you know limited animation if it comes from another country it's still just limited animation or Mm -hmm. animation or any kind of thing you know and i was trying to say that you know the techniques uh you know that are used 
uh, in Japan for animation, you know, are the same techniques that we use here and that it's not like a different art form, you know, uh, all of that got cut from the article and they just, uh, that's annoying. They just made an article annoying. Like, Anime is so weird. So <laughs> weird stuff, you know? Oh and my God. Just, I don't know that like, that like that you know, thing is just kind of like, I don't know. We just have to consider, you know, we're the people who make like an art form and there's lots of different ways uh, that that art form gets represented and gets marketed, but it doesn't mean that, it, that those, that the people making it in another country are somehow different from us. You know, mm -hmm. we don't mm -hmm. say that about, you know, the French or, you know, <laughs> like the Canadians <laughs> doing animation, but for some reason, mm -hmm. you know, people come to anime and they're like, it's so weird and different. I can't believe <laughs> you could be influenced by this you know i wonder mm -hmm. if people like caught up in like the 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 sakuga of it all like like wow they can do all this stuff and it's like well we can do that too it's just i i don't know some sometimes we just don't and like we're all doing the same thing <laughs> we're yeah. telling the same stuff and we literally do also do that i mean that's definitely always been a thing you know even mm -hmm. in you know the production pipelines are a little different and stuff but you know it is what it is. Cartoons is cartoons. <laughs> I think I got into a deep argument with someone a while ago um, when I was very, I think I was like a couple of years ago when I was in college about like, someone was like, is someone, someone was fighting with me about Legend of Korra. And I was saying that like, it's, it is a cartoon and it's an anime, but it's both. And they were like, no, it's not, it's not anime. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, fam. Oh, like, no. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I'm I mean, just drawings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, they're all cartoons and they're all anime. I don't know. It's very strange. But I think a lot of people do have a lot of hangups on, you know, liking cartoons. It makes them very, it makes them feel very weird. You know, and I know this as a person who works on cartoons where people are like, they'll, they'll like ask me, like, what age group is your cartoon made for? And it's like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Just watch it. If you want to watch it, don't watch it. If yes. You don't. And they're like, could you say that it's for, you know, like teens or something? And it's like, I, it doesn't matter. If you like it, watch it. I don't, you know. It's like, it's okay to people, watch cartoons, guys. A lot of people feel like they don't have permission to just like watch whatever they want draw whatever they want think mm -hmm. whatever they want you know they're mm -hmm. waiting for someone to tell them what's acceptable to think and acceptable to watch and acceptable to do which is just like it's kind of sad you know <laughs> no that's so true like i god i i feel like i always i mean whenever i'm trying to create something uh like in my own personal work just there's always this uh overbearing uh what was it like controlling thing of like oh what's the demographic this is for like who is this targeting or what what yeah. am i telling this who am i telling this story to and it's kind of like okay like okay one want to tell it like for myself to myself and then two you know just to anyone who feels like <laughs> like looking at it like uh, but sometimes i feel like oh, i can't just say that because then no one's gonna want to look at it or like i don't know it's it it's uh, it's frustrating <laughs> i guess maybe it's kind of how our industry is set up uh you know uh again like us as like folks who are like working in different parts of the pipeline like we see how the sauce is made and it 
I, I guess way like I, I kind of feel your frustration on that because like you know I have ideas that I'd like to pitch someday and but I think we hear you know from like our not our not our direct supervisors but just like you know the like executive branches of like whatever studio and like just hearing about our peers experiences and how like it has to be like we have to think about like it has to be preschool it has to be six to eleven it has to be this or that you can't really just freeform and be like i'd like to make you know this thing about like a 14 year old and anybody can consume it and that's okay you have to have those specifics and sometimes it is very frustrating and it makes it a little difficult to like fully make the thing that you want i suppose no it's true that's true i think but i think you know when it comes to you know just being a person and Mm -hmm. just choosing to enjoy something you know i want to you know you want to encourage people any person to enjoy anything that they totally that they love regardless of you know the age uh you know numbers attached to it you know what i mean like you know you can't stop people from liking what they want to like no yeah totally um i do have a question for you ian because like you know we were talking a lot about dragon ball z and like uh again like it is no question that black people love dragon ball z we just do (laughs) and i was just wondering does that love of dragon ball z because again part of like being a fan of the show is that like what led to casting stephanie naldoni because like i the minute like i heard ko speak i was like is that a goku that's kid <laughs> goku isn't it and then i looked at the credits and i'm like oh yeah that's kid goku <laughs> like yeah. how did that happen i've been very <laughs> curious about that it was yeah for the for the pilot um we you know i i just tried to cast the best people and i think the let's see funimation made the slightly newer dub of dragon ball the original and you know to me you know i like i like you know uh dragon ball z i like it a lot but i think you know the original dragon ball it was just like really special to me growing up really important to me that was like the first you know the the original like canadian ocean dub of it that was like one of my you know that was like one of the first things that i like really uh like caught on to and was like appointment viewing i taped all the episodes you know like uh that was really special to me and then later uh funimation produced a new dub of dragon ball uh with uh stephanie as goku and it was just great and her the way that she uh did that character was amazing so when we were casting the pilot i was just like yeah, I want it to be, you know, this person. And we managed to get in touch with her. We had to do it as like a remote. um, We had to do it as a remote record, but like, you know, that was like, she had the quality of the voice that I really wanted. And like, you know, it's hard to find someone with like that specific quality. I always wanted to find like someone like that to play like uh, the main kid character KO. And when we went to series, unfortunately, we tried, we recorded a couple episodes with Stephanie, but the scheduling was just really too hard. Plus she was like, um, she was remote uh, and the rest of the uh, rest of the actors were in LA and uh, the schedules were really tight for her because 
because we had to record her on a remote delay, she had to like really be in at the studios at certain times and she didn't live super close to them and it was really uh, tough. So the scheduling, unfortunately, didn't work out, but we used all the material that we got from her like in the show um, and we never we unfortunately never figured out a way to bring her back in. But what we did find was um, Courtney Taylor, who ended up taking over uh, KO's voice and she's amazing and she can like. She's like a voice actress who can do like anything, you know, um, so good. Uh, and that was like really fun to work with both of them, honestly, as KO. But yeah, Dragon Ball, definitely, you know, that's a thing that I was so nostalgic for. And like that kind of like tone that that character had, that was like, that was, that was like perfect. I was like, this is going to be perfect casting. I was really excited about that. No, it was super good. I, I enjoyed it very much. And Huh. It's it's kind of cool, like how um, how that works when like you know you are show running and like creating the uh, you know creating shows and just you you think about that cat those casting choices, um, but kind of want to since we're kind of nearing the end. Oh, of course. I would like to touch on the subject of creative burnout because that mm-hmm. is a thing that happens to every human being. On the planet, (laughs) and just how does one maintain that? Like, how do we can all like talk about this? Just like, how do you maintain that? Especially, you know, like working in this industry, like you're you're nine to five. Well, maybe maybe not nine to five. (laughs) You're nine to uh, nine 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 the next day. Nine nine to when you go to bed. Nine a.m. to nine a.m. We don't talk about that, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you're you know that those hours when you're working and then mm-hmm. managing like personal life and, and then managing yeah trying to yeah like your your creative input yeah and yeah like managing all that i think yeah i i know what you're talking about i think the thing i learned i don't know when it happened but uh actually no 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 it was uh senior year when i was in college uh when i was in art school um i was doing my thesis film animated film and that's when i decided that instead of burning uh the candle at both ends burning the midnight oil i was gonna put in a solid block of work every day and when i was done i was done i would get up and i would leave you know um and you can't always do that but as much as you can, you really have to try um, to be productive when it's time to be productive. But then when it's over, really give yourself that space. Um, you know, I know it's not always possible. You don't always have the privilege of doing that. But uh, for me, that was the thing that did it. And I still get creatively burned out from time to time. Uh, but I really do try to get up, walk away, and then rediscover the things that. I love and like that inspire me, you know? Mm. So like I'll get up, I'll go away. Maybe I'll like watch a TV show or like listen to something or play video games or something. And then like, you know, then slowly you start to feel like that creative juices start, you know, uh, bubbling again. Oh yeah. 
Oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. Will. Oh no, I was just going to relate to, to uh, just getting away from the, uh, I guess, the desk or the, especially the workstation, and just uh, not uh, feeling like you can just not be working. So I, I feel like that's something I kind of struggle with, and I'm sure a lot of uh, creatives struggle with. Is just I there's this fine line between <laughs> between uh hobby and work where i mean mm -hmm. i i love drawing i love uh coming up with stories and stuff and i i love like writing and stuff like that and i just feel like i i mean put a lot of pressure on myself because i'm like all right i'm drawing all day to do you know storyboarding and stuff and all right now it's uh nighttime this is my only time to be able to uh like do my own stuff so now i'm still drawing but it's still technically work but it's also like uh i guess my side time but i'm also right. kind of having fun because i like doing it and then it's like oh no i'm doing this too much <laughs> like and I, I i'm a fan of uh practicing you know what nothing is okay too <laughs> <laughs> i always think it's good too to like know your limits also like uh if i'm boarding if i'm like boarding something for work like if i'm deep in like doing storyboards having storyboarder as a job or even in my job as a showrunner really sitting down to storyboard something basically i know that's going to use up uh basically all of my brain like, I can't come home after a day of storyboarding and then think up new stories. It's just gone. You know, I have no more of that in my head anymore. I, it has to be on a day where I'm not thinking about the board or maybe I'm on a hiatus or something like that. Like knowing those limits, because like if you're thinking story all day and then you come home and then you try to think of your own personal stuff and then you can't and then you beat yourself up because it's like why can't i come up with this it's like there are like human limits to like how much you can think of and how much you can get done and how much you can draw you know similarly it's like if i'm doing a part of the job that's like only drawing you know and i'm like i'm in those cleanup weeks or i'm just like fixing up like some poses or something like that that's the perfect time to be like jotting down story ideas because that like part of your brain isn't getting taken up by something. And I think, you know, the more you can forgive yourself, you know, for your human limitations, I think the, you know, the easier it is to, you know, feel good about yourself. You know what I mean? That is so true. Like I, uh, that, I feel like that just like resonated in my heart a little bit. I felt a little bit of goosebumps because I'm like, yeah, just, you know, yeah, it's true. Like, as much as yeah, one might want to be like a super awesome creative, just like machine, it's just like, hey, a we're not machines. A super saiyan, if you will. A super saiyan, if you will. <laughs> super saiyan too, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, just taking the time to just be human and exist uh and not feel guilty <laughs> about yeah. it yeah, yeah that's that's a thing that i believe um we yeah definitely we as creators we forget just like you know we can't be creating all the time it's okay to like let our brains pause for a second it's okay to let our brains just like relax for like maybe a minute or two 
I mean, I, I can't, I don't know what you were saying because I froze up for a second, but I think to like uh, even our, uh, I mean, almost like a circle back around to our fast, uh, our fast furious nights, like my, I, I feel like a little bit of my instinct is to be like, okay, like, let me study these shots. Like I got to internally absorb these to like, maybe I'll need to use these for future you studied reference. Fast and the Furious? Like I gotta, I have to, I mean, cause I, I even, I had like, a, oh, yeah, you I, said you had I, to. I, yeah, I did. I had an episode uh, once on a show where I had to, uh, I had to study uh, some scenes for Fast and the Furious. So I was like, all right, time to keep, okay, I got to do. And I have to just tell myself sometimes like, you know what? Just like laugh and have fun with your friends. You don't have to be studying all the time. It's about family. It's about family. <laughs> it's family time. Toretto wants you to be family. <laughs> I just feel that people should for people should, you know, you gotta try hard, of course, but you also have to forgive yourself. You yeah. Know? You also have to be like realistic and be like, I'm a human. Like I can't I can't do it all. I can't be like you know, a prodigy and, you know, everything. But you have to, of course, try your hardest at every chance you get and everything you do want to do. But you also have to forgive yourself. You know, I do see like a lot of young kids beat themselves up for not being where they want to be or, you know, not getting to do what they want to do. And I think, you know, as long as you're making like an honest effort and you're really trying and you're really like doing what you want to do and, having fun with your art and putting it out there. It's like, then forgive yourself for the times when like, you're not perfect, you know, cause none of us are. Oh, it's going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I needed that today. You're not perfect. <laughs> I, you're not I, perfect. I, I personally have been struggling a lot with, um, just trying to like get my storyboards up to speed. Cause again, like I'm, I'm a production coordinator right now, but I mm -hmm. want to, bored eventually and like i've been in production for almost two three years now mm. which isn't bad like i don't dislike it i i like you know helping the artists get do what they need to do and like you know right, i like right. scheduling all that stuff like it's great like i love it um but i want to like do the artistic part eventually and sometimes i do beat myself up with like oh man why am i not here yet why am i not like, yeah stuff's not cooking and then i'm like i need to be boarding like all day and all night and then i get really burnt out and tired and i'm like ah and you know just hearing yeah. us talk about this today is like a good reminder that like you know even when you get in the industry like you never do stop learning but it's also also okay to just like like you said ian like to forgive yourself to take a minute to Absolutely. just it's okay <laughs> it's and okay also, also i will say the other thing too is like you know if your goal is like, instead of a goal of, you know, having a certain job, if the goal is just to make art and do great art with people and collaborate with people, like, you know, then, you know, you have a lot to look forward to. Like for me, like, you know, I've been an executive producer, I've been a showrunner, but I will always miss being a storyboard revisionist. That was my favorite, favorite job, uh, like Ooh. forever. It's so great. All you Why? Do well, is, well, yeah. <laughs> all you do is draw all day. And for me, for uh, like, I don't know, I grew up, I had a engineer for a father. And so he really instilled in me this kind of drive to solve problems and like figure out puzzles and stuff like that. 
And for me, being a storyboard revisionist was just like getting to do that all day, but with drawings. Mm. Uh, I was a storyboard revisionist on um, on Adventure Time in season two before I got promoted. And that to me will always be like one of the most creative times of my life because I was drawing all day and I was just doing nothing but drawings. And that was like maybe like one of like my most fun, like happy, creative like times because I was drawing all day. I was super warmed up at all times. Like mm. I was just like, uh, I felt like I could like draw anything, you know? And Stupid I was power. like, I would like, you know, <laughs> do revisions. Then when I was done, I would like turn the page over, thumb a new comic, come up with an idea, draw fan art, you know, like do whatever, you know, like to me, that was like, that was like, that was like my absolute favorite, like most creative time. Like I will always, I will always, always miss being a storyboard revisionist. That's like, that's like, to me, that's like the most fun I've ever had in this industry. <laughs> oh man. I hope there's some like uh, revisionist listeners right now going like, oh yeah, like what? I should be, this is my time. This is my time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say it's not a painful job sometimes when you have to figure out like, you know, when you have to pick up the slack from somebody else, but it's like Ooh, yeah. the, the window you get into another artist's mind and point of view and like how they draw and how they figure out stuff. It's like, I wouldn't trade that for anything that it's just so fun. So fun. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that is so true. It is, it is fun really to like, it's like you said, it's like a puzzle and you're kind of just like, Ooh, yeah. yeah <laughs> let me like yeah. solve this puzzle and like, Oh, okay. This person does it this way. Okay. Let me try exactly. to like yeah. sync up a little bit and like figuring out how you're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, that's I, how you felt Waymond. Cause, cause you, you just I didn't, transitioned I, to boards a while ago. Like, a, well, like yeah, I, um, I mean, I was boarding. I, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, my boarding history, but I, I started in boards and then I, became a revisionist and I, I kind of went back to boards, but um, I hadn't done revisions before. So I, when I was going into revisions, I was like, okay, what's this, what is this job? Okay. I don't know. And uh, I was like, Oh, there's time. There's <laughs> like, time. Oh, I'm not stressing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not stressing every like week. Um, and yeah. So I'm kind of like, Oh yeah, that's so true. Like for that, like, month that i was a revisionist it was just like oh okay like work on other things without completely stressing out yeah it's it's uh it's a totally different i don't know it was just a really different job for me it was one that you know it definitely kicked my ass in a lot of ways but i learned so <laughs> yeah i learned so much from it about like how to board how to make a good like layout like all that stuff like it was an education you know i feel mm -hmm. like that was like the best way to do it it's like i don't know um that's what excited me so much <laughs> you know mm -hmm. just getting to draw all day I, I i love that you know i still as a showrunner and an executive producer my job still is solving puzzles and figuring out problems but i i'm not on the ground floor like taking care of it with my own hands as much as i used to be so mm. you know uh I don't know. Hold on to that. It's really, really great. It's really great. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And mm -hmm. I think we're pretty much wrapped. We're about at, at the end now. So I, I don't yeah. know. Just 
chill episode talking about yeah things that inspire us and being creative and i don't know way ian do you guys have any last words for people i'm trying to think of any last words um i don't know protect your yourself. mental health is like what i always like to say Ooh, so. mental health yeah because that's, that's, that's something that's like difficult yeah. to juggle too mm-hmm. connect with the stuff that you like and have no shame in liking it. That's, that's what I, Ooh, that is great. That's the truth. Like mm-hmm. don't have shame for the things you like. You like them for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. just enjoy it. If you need to yeah. buy every single, uh, toy or figure or Pokemon card that you want to, just because you love the thing, go ahead and do it <laughs> within reason. Don't, you know, buy food and shelter first. Yeah. <laughs> do I pay my rent or do I buy this new uh, shiny? Well, Pikachu? I mean, Ian yeah. did tell me that I have to be me, uh, uh, undeniably me. So I guess I have to buy this uh, this new shiny Pikachu and not pay my rent. <laughs> Make sure you have a place to stay and, <laughs> and electricity and water. <laughs> Please drink water, guys. <laughs> please be a please be a fan of your survival as well yeah. as other. Actually, that's a good. That's a really good one. Yeah, be a fan of yes. your own survival. That's the yes. Be a that's fan of your survival. Oh, so true. Yes. Amen. <laughs> right. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast, Ian. This was awesome. This was great. I'll come back anytime, y'all. Watch. Yeah, oh my gosh, thank you, yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are the respective individual and do not reflect the views of our employers. Thanks, guys. Until next time. This episode was edited by Tyler Schlossman with music by Ergo Funk. <laughs>